Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of Drinks with Dub. I am your host, N-Dub, a.k.a. Dub City. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I gave the girls the uh, this episode off for some logistical reasons. But I'm very excited uh, to welcome my guest to the show, Mr. Dola White from 101.1 The Beat Jams. Uh, thank you for joining us, man. Oh, man, thank you for having me. I was no problem. I'm a, like I said, like I said when I messaged you, I am a uh, huge fan. I am, I'm 35 years old, and I remember when 101 first became like I guess I don't know if it was just became a station or it just started playing hip hop music. Um, even before uh, there was, was, uh, it was it was crazy enough. It was crazy enough. It was a Christian Christian rock station, and then they flipped the format to. Uh, to what was then known as urban, what is recently now known as uh, hip hop and R and B. So yes, it was. Uh, I think that was October of two thousand and one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, about that because I remember um, I was I was in high school. I was uh, working at my first job, and we would play it. And when it first started, it was just it was just music for I don't know at least probably a month. Like there was no you know on air personalities at all. And then you and uh, you and Scooby came on. Uh, I think seven o'clock. During the Seven week, o'clock, yeah, we started. Uh, we started uh, December twelfth was the day of our, our first show. We moved to Nashville on December tenth. They made us wait two days before going on air. I still don't understand why. Like we were ready uh, day of, but they made us wait two days to go on air. And then uh, it was December twelfth of, of two thousand and one. Uh, was our first show. Okay, so like I said, uh, huge fan, and just for I you know I don't know how many people this podcast is going to reach for for people that maybe outside of the area you want to give yourself like a you know brief introduction of who you are and what you do i mean you're kind of royalty in this area but <laughs> i uh i'm the afternoon drive host and uh now program director of uh wbt 101 to be here in nashville uh been here since 2001 um honestly like long radio careers like that uh in one market uh aren't are rare these days uh so it, it's been a, a pleasure and a privilege for me to 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 be at one station for for this long uh, I, I wear that as a badge of honor yeah like i said you've definitely been sort of the voice of our generation um so how did you um how did you land in nashville to begin with well scuba and i did did started our show at uh georgia southern university where, where we went to college and we did college radio for four and a half almost five years uh i neither one of us ever graduated we ended up and just driving out of school to uh to pursue radio but uh i ended up uh with with an internship at uh hot 1079 in atlanta uh and that's where scoob and i are originally from um and so we he he eventually after i got the internship he then dropped out of school i, I was the first one to drop out he waited a minute and then you know, he realized that, that you know, it wasn't happening. It, graduation wasn't happening for him either. So, uh, you know, he, he he dropped out and then uh, joined me in Atlanta. And I was working uh, at what was then a, a mailboxes, et cetera. They're, they're called the UPS store now. And then I was doing my internship uh, at night, but they put me on air for the internship. Uh, and then school would come up after our program director left, uh, after I got off air, which was like 10 o'clock, and he would come up and we would, like, start working on our um, – air check which is basically just you know three to five minute demo of what it is you sound like on the radio mm-hmm. uh and we and we worked on that for you know several months until we till we got it the way we wanted it and then we sent it out to to four different markets 
uh, Nashville being one of them. We got two job offers, uh, Nashville and Macon, Georgia. And, you know, it was a, a pretty easy decision between the two. No offense to anybody uh, that might be checking this out from Macon. But uh, we're, we're, we're glad we chose Nashville between the, uh, the two of them for sure. So uh, been here ever since. And like I said, that, that's awesome. So coming to Nashville, what was what was that adjustment like coming from Atlanta to, to Nashville? You know, at first it was uh, uh, Nashville's a Nashville's an interesting, and I I love it to death, and I have no plans of of leaving unless my wife and and family decide to like move overseas or something like that. I if we're in America, we're gonna be here. Uh, but if you don't know the nooks and crannies of Nashville, it can be a different place to live. Like you have to kind of know where to go. Uh, and of course, Nashville in 2001 was a completely different city than it, than it is right now, right? Like it was, a, a, I mean, it was, there's a lot less going on then than there is now. Um, but, but it was a little bit of a little bit of culture shock at first. Uh, I remember those first six months being really, really tough for us. Uh, and then, you know, we, we got an apartment in the downtown area. We started moving around a little more and gotten to know the city a little more. And then, uh, since then, I mean, we, we really fell in love with it probably, you know, a year and a half, two years in, we were like, yeah, we, we, we could stay here. You know what I mean? Like th- this could be home and, and it has been since. Yeah. Yes. So um, we've talked about it, you know, touched on it. Uh, Scooby. Um, now Scooby, yeah. you know, passed away about 10 years ago. Does that, that sounds about right. It was, it was, it, it was 2012. It was eight, eight years, years ago. It's crazy to, to think it's been that long, but yeah, it's, it's insane to me. It still feels like I talked to him right. yesterday, right. you know, but uh, yeah, it's been, been eight years. Yeah. And so, you know, everybody, you know, I think everybody has lost people close to them, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's an experience everybody's gone, gone through. But one thing I've always been interested to ask you is what was that like for you from a professional standpoint? Because I mean, for years, it was it was Dola White and Scooby like that, you know, sort of that yeah. pair that, you know, you get one, you get the other. And so what was that like from a professional standpoint to have to now figure out, you know, how to navigate this on your own? That was tough. I, I, the, the hardest part was going from having somebody to bounce off of constantly to not having somebody to bounce off of constantly to to not having those conversations and just having to I mean. It, it, when he's not in the room and, and I'm in that studio by myself, I mean, it's literally, I am one person in a studio talking to no one, you know what I mean? And that's kind of how it can feel sometimes. You can feel isolated like that. That was by far the hardest part was the on-air part. Uh, I remember coming back in, I told um, I told the boss to, our, our market president to uh, send out an email that I didn't want, I, that my first day back, it was two weeks off and then I came back and I, I told him I didn't want people coming up to me, you know, crying and hugging me the whole time because you know i'm gonna go on air and i'm gonna be emotional anyway i don't need any other distractions like i just just treat me like you would would have you know two weeks ago you see me say hi uh so i i set that up for myself but coming back in uh was really it it was at first inspiring and then you know those you get those first couple shows down and then you're like all right i i've got to figure out how to do this on a daily basis without talking constantly about this loss that I just suffered. So like we have to move on from that topic uh, eventually and then learning how to uh, be on air by myself. It was definitely yeah. a challenge. I mean, I'd, I'd done radio with him for 15 years. You know what I mean? So it, it was, 
it was challenging when he would go on vacation and leave me there by myself, you know, but, but not to, to know that it's never going back. That was, that was probably one of the, my, my greater professional challenges of the career for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys had just switched over to the afternoon show, correct? Man, three months in. Yeah. We, we got the, uh, the promotion to afternoons in November of 2011 and he passed away in February of 2012. So it was, it was, brand new i mean we had just gotten mm-hmm. that show so what was what was that process like um even you know before losing scooby of going from the nighttime show to the to the afternoon show as far as the <laughs> difference in what you, you're you know, doing on air it wasn't it wasn't much of a difference i mean we were going to be who we were going to be you know what i mean and that's 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 who we are you know it, it was if, if we shut down the mics and got off air uh, we were the same as we were on air. That was just who we were. So, so going from nights to afternoons on a professional level, that was easy because that's what we do. Um, I'll tell you where where going from nights to afternoons really hurt was like I was a uh, you know Scoob at the time he passed had a had a pretty serious girlfriend and I was single and you know what I mean. So like getting off at midnight, it was like you go home, you might text some females or whatever, you know what I mean. See who can come through, who can. It's not a big deal. But when you get off at seven and you go home and it's still light outside, and you're like shit i'm lonely you know what i mean like it was a, it was a uh it was a very different uh very different a very different change it, the change was personal for me and not necessarily uh yeah it's, yeah it's different i've worked the nights before and it's a it is a completely yeah. different animal you know? yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it exposes you to uh like it, it covers up maybe things that are missing in your life that you don't know are missing and then you know you start a you start working somewhat normal quote unquote hours and you're like oh yeah, there's god like my life is kind of yeah, empty you know what i mean like, a very different crowd of people you know out and about when you get off yes. work at 7 as opposed to when you get off like you said at midnight <laughs> right yes yeah, it's, it's a totally different <laughs> lifestyle man so that that's the part that was kind of that was yeah, like these people are civilized and they have manners and rules. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, and I, I kind of mentioned you sort of being, you know, radio royalty in this area. Um, what What's it been like, you know, since from the time you started, you know, here in Nashville, you know, in 2001 to now with the rise of, you know, social media? Because I would imagine that you know especially back then like i listened to you every night but i probably could have walked up to you in the street not known who you were if you didn't tell me you know you were doloite but now with like social media and instagram and stuff what's that change been like or has you know has there been a change there has been because you can you can continue conversations that you're having on air online um so in in that in that aspect, it's been good. Um, I, I enjoy social media. I mean, I'm always scrolling Instagram or Facebook or, or Twitter. You know, it, it's it's almost how you get your breaking news, especially if you're on if you're on the air. Like while I'm on air, on the air every day from two to six, like I've got to have those. I've got to keep scrolling show, social media constantly because if news breaks, I have to be on top of it to be on air to do my job effectively. Yeah. Um, so in that aspect the news cycles are a lot faster um, because you find things out quicker. You know what I mean? Than you would, especially in radio, because you, you know, you sit in here, maybe you have the TV on, maybe you don't in the studio, but um, you know, when news breaks, it comes to your phone, you yeah. know it. Um, whereas back in the day, like somebody would have to like, you know, come, 
text you or you know send you a two-way if you're old <laughs> enough to remember what that is you know what i mean so uh that and, and so in that aspect i think i think social media and radio really really have a good marriage yeah there. yeah so has it so has it changed your life as far as like being a public figure as far as is there a difference in going out and being recognized maybe or you know sort of i you know because i always you know what no like it, it Crazy enough, no, I, I think I, I was probably recognized a lot more um, beforehand, but I think that that's because of where I would shoot, where I was choosing to, to, to be and hang out. Like I was constantly, I mean, I was assuming I DJ clubs. I mean, we, in on nights we didn't DJ clubs, we were off, we would be at the club constantly. You know what I mean? I mean, we did that my entire 20s and halfway through my 30s. So, I feel like a, a lot of people probably knew my face just from that yeah. alone. Um, yeah. So, so no, like, honestly, like I, I feel like I was out and about a lot more then. And I think my, my, the, the recognition came more from that than it, than it ever has. Just being people. a part of the city. Just being a part of the city and just being out and about, you know, just, I, like I said, man, we were at the club three times a week from, you know, from the time we were 18 to the time I was probably 36, you know? So it was a, uh, it was a long, long club career there. So I think a lot of people probably knew us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, another, another question, you know, I had, you know, is with everything going on in the world, you know, with race relations and, you know, things of that nature, you know, I don't necessarily want to get too serious, you know, it's not really what I do on this show, but, I do want to ask you, you know, about your experiences, you know, as far as being, you know, what they consider hip hop and R&B, what used to be urban radio, you know, as a white guy, you know, in a, you know, what's considered a predominantly black demographic or, you know, field, you know, how, how has that been? Or has, have you noticed anything? Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I, I, I haven't, um, I, there's, there's been isolated, a few things that have been said over, you know, 25 years that I've been doing this, but that's nothing compared to what black people go through on a daily basis. Um, so, I mean, to complain about it or to make an issue about, you know, my, my, my feelings getting hurt once or twice is, is irresponsible right. to me. Uh, because, because I think when, when, as a white person, when you experience prejudice, that's really the only thing that's on the line is your feelings being hurt, where it's literally a life and death situation for, for black people. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it is if, if it happens, it happens and I let it roll off my back and you know, that's it. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, it's the best thing to do, you know, it's kind of best thing to do for black people too, is to try to let it roll off your back. Um, but, you know, speaking of, that's that's an that's an option for white people though. I don't know that that's an option for black people. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's exactly you know speaking of what white privilege is. It's it's you know it's my feelings at stake and it's somebody else's life. Uh, so you know it, it's it's two totally different two do totally different scenarios that that just aren't even close to right. equal. Um, and speaking on that topic, you know, of race relations, and you know, we live in this sort of this cancel culture and, you know, this PC culture, you know, I've always wondered if you've gotten any, you know, any backlash from everybody's favorite game, beat the white man at black trivia. I have, uh, but mostly by, by really sensitive 
white people that like to scream things and use terms like, uh, you know, uh, reverse racism and all lives matter. Uh, you know, that crowd will eventually every now and again, send me a Facebook post and I do my best to, to educate them with one reply uh, and then, you know, shut it down with the second one. So if they reply back to me, I'll just say, Hey, well, the, the, normally after, after I explain why that they're, wrong in the situation that they're wrong in uh i will they will well i'm not listening anymore and i'll say well thank you for the times you did listen listen and you know we'll look at that uh but i have i i have a few times but i mean i I feel like you know if you don't want us to have fun and and enjoy ourselves on the radio then this show's not for you right (laughs) like that's that's part and and it's been different with covid with with the pandemic because if, and especially pandemic, and then you got race relations on top of that. Uh, I've done a lot of like like real serious shows lately, and that's uh, you know you're not used to that. That that you have to you know have to walk out of here and kind of shake that off yeah. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Because I said the first time you know the first time I heard it, you know, heard the game, I was like, wait, what? You know, like, and then <laughs> listening to some of the questions, I'm kind of like, yeah, like. If you don't know that answer, maybe you shouldn't be black for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's funny is Scoob and I actually used to we 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 played this game, uh, the beat the white man of black trivia. We played the game um, when we would have artists in our in our uh, like listener um, meet and greets with artists, and we would be waiting for the artists. And we I don't know which one of us came up with this idea. We just made this stupid game, and we would do it. But our um, our, our people, uh, you know, our program director at the time wouldn't wouldn't let us do it on air. Um, and then the second I became like program director, I'm like, yo, we're doing <laughs> like white man of black trivia. You know, what I'm saying? I got some like, stroke around here yeah, now. Like, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I got I got nothing blocking me. Like, this is gonna happen, and we're gonna do it. And it really it's really gotten a lot of great feedback. Yeah, because you know, I remember one, and you know, I remember one particular game. Uh, you know, one time you played it. It was a question about Aaliyah, an Aaliyah song or something of that nature. And the girl's name was Aaliyah and she didn't know it. And I'm just like, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, blame the, I blame the parents. <laughs> We've had a lot of good, I've had a lot of good times playing that, playing that game between, uh, I think it started with uh, uh, DJ Tui doing the questions and then moved on to Zach and then. And now Joe Joe Major does them, and uh, I've I've had a really great time with all yeah. three of them uh, do, doing this. Yeah, questions. it's a fun time, and and I also noticed, you know, one of the first things I did notice after I listened to it a couple of times, and uh, me and my girlfriend were talking about it, um, getting ready for this interview, is you know when you say you know the whole you're not black for the rest of the day, I was like Dolo White doesn't actually tell the people that, like. It's a black person that tells them that, and I'm like, "That's genius," because he's not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> nope, it's not me. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dumb enough to walk to to Joe Biden anybody there. So, uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I let I let somebody mm. else handle that. I think there's. I think there's a lot of things that that um, is just not white people's place to say and. You know, even though beat the white man of black trivia is is complete joke, that's not my place to say, right? Like that's not for yeah. me to say. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that yeah. to somebody. Else. Like I said, it's a, it's a fun time. It's, and I think pretty much everybody does enjoy it. You know, I'm sure you get people that you know, privileged or whatever that don't don't get the mm-hmm. joke. But I mean, the show's 
The show's right. called Afternoon Ignorance. So. <laughs> so yeah, it's supposed to be a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. So yeah. Um, you got anything? I was asking my girlfriend, she kind of, her and her friends co-host the show with me. She's here. Uh, I was asking her if she had anything um, that she wanted to ask. Actually, I do. I asked one of my friends, her son had a couple of questions that he wanted he wanted me to ask you. So let me kind of pull that up. I'm sorry for being unprofessional. And <laughs> no, 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 you're good, man. I've, I've, uh, I've gone on, uh, I've done interviews with artists where I would just like, uh, they would come and forget that I had to do them and wouldn't be prepared at all. And they would come in and I have to like Google them while they're like across <laughs> from me. And I'm like, so you're, you're from Kansas. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, do you, do you have a favorite uh, interview or, you know, I guess celebrity that you've interviewed or dealt with or. Um, there's been a lot of people that have come through here. I remember, uh, I remember 50 Cent, like really at his height came through, uh, and was, we just shut down everything. And, and he was just very personable, very, just one of those artists that, that you want on the air with you because he was, he, he gave a lot. Uh, Kanye West came through. That's probably the biggest interview I've done. Um, it was after college dropout, uh-huh. um, and uh, he was kind of reluctant at first, but I was like a huge college dropout guy at the time. So I was like reciting lyrics back to him. And then once he realized that, like, you know, I was a fan and I was like really into his shit, he really opened up. Uh, so that was a good experience. Um, there's been a lot of artists that have come through that have. Um, they're just not like they just don't have those personalities and you try to bring it out and then you realize you're it's just not going to happen. So you just kind of wrap it up as fast yeah. as possible um and then you know we we i think we were the first interview pimps i think scoob and i were the first interview pimp c did when he got out of uh when he got out of jail and that, that was an interesting one to say the least oh yeah pimp, pimp c was a character <laughs> i think anybody that knows yeah i we, we he had he the he his bodyguard i swear to god was the biggest human being i'd ever seen in my entire life and he came in here and his bodyguard did not talk. He had a briefcase um, handcuffed to him. And he stood uh, in the same space the whole time. Like, Scoob was trying to get around him at one point. He wouldn't budge. Like, he didn't speak nothing. I was just like, it felt like we had beef. You know what I mean? And we were like, we don't know this dude. Like, why Yeah, trying to make sure you don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So it was, a, uh, it was the only time I was a little bit like, I don't want to say scared, but a little bit like just like shook a little bit. Like, what the hell is going on in here right now? You know what I mean? So uh, that was an interesting right. interview. Uh, so, yeah, I've got three questions from uh, my son's friend, uh, Kavan, that he has sent. Um, okay. First thing is, what is your annoying habit? My annoying habit? You probably, my, my wife could probably <laughs> tell you better than I could. Uh <laughs> I, I would probably say um, I like things to I like little tasks to be done as soon as possible. So like I'll obsess over like a little task, uh, and my wife would be like, "We well, you just need to put kale in the refrigerator." It's like it's not that serious. Right. Like, just calm down. So I would say I would say that would probably be I, I would guess that's what she would say, but she might completely like go some somewhere. Yeah, else she's too. probably got another idea. I would say. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, she she might. I don't know, but I you know I'm sure I've got no shortage of annoying yeah. habits. Uh, the second thing he he wanted to ask was, what is one thing you would like to tell your fans? One thing, uh, thank you, thank you for listening. I mean, you know, you don't you don't make it. It's been almost 19 years. You know, you don't make it 19 years if if people don't tune in and and continue to tune in for 19 years. So, uh, thank you. Yeah. Last question he sent in is what is one thing you would like people to remember about you? That's tough. Um, I think the, I, I, I honestly, I think, I don't know if it comes down to one thing, but if everybody has one memory of when they were riding home or when Scoob and I were on nights or whatever, uh, and you know you laughed or, or you chuckled and you remember a punchline or a joke or a bit that we did and you you have that memory I, w- I would I'm I'm happy about that you know what I mean like people will come up and sometimes and they'll say hey that day you guys did this that and the third and you're like oh, you, I might not remember it but the fact that you do uh it means, it means yeah. something to me you know what I mean like that, that that I was part of your day or that you know I was able to, to, to help you crack a smile on your way home. Or, you know, if you're listening to the night show, whatever people were doing between seven and uh, midnight, listening, listening to the radio. So uh, yeah, if, if, if I helped you, you know, crack that smile, I think that's, that's what I'd want to be. Right. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, anything else you want to uh, leave to people with, if you want to um, people that may not know you tell them where they can find you or listen or, yeah, you can listen to me uh, if, if you're in Nashville, of course, 101 The Beat. If you're not or if you're in Nashville and don't always, not always by the radio, which I, I know a lot of people are these days, uh, you can listen on any of your smart, smart speakers, uh, smart devices uh, on the iHeartRadio app. And uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at DolaWhite101, D-O-L-E-W-I-T-E 101. Uh, my brand has kind of changed over the years from, you know, the club guy to, to the family <laughs> guy. So, you know, if you, if you, if you like pictures of my wife and my baby then then you know i'll be a good follow for you so. that's great uh, well like i said man thank you again for doing this man uh really enjoyed it and like i said been a huge fan i guess pretty much since you touched down in nashville and uh look forward to hearing more from you on the radio hey man i appreciate hey, you no problem me. thank you very much hey thank you All right, all right, all right. Um, me, it's just me and Britt here uh, right now. Uh, you just heard just heard the interview with uh, Dola White from 101.1, the Beat Jams. Um, that was a lot of fun to do. Uh, very excited to do that. And uh, we just kind of wanted to check in for you for a few minutes. Uh, one of the, and, you know, talk about a few things at the beginning of the, Dola White interview, I talked about that, you know, the girls weren't doing it with me. Uh, last week with the Karen Karen episode, the quality wasn't, you know, up to up to our normal standards and up to where we wanted it to be just because of how we had to record it. So, you know, we decided to, you know, just Dola White interview. Hey, you know, let's uh, try to make this sound as good as possible. So just kind of worked out better with just me doing it one-on-one with him. But uh, I think, I think it went well. Uh, 
I don't, you know, you've not listened to it yet, but I mean, you heard it from my end, obviously. Um, yeah, it sounded like it went well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, like I said, you know, thanks again to Dolo White for, you know, agreeing to doing that, to doing that. You know, kind of, you know, like we said, radio royalty around this area. If you're of a certain age, you probably grew up listening to Dolo White and Scooby on the radio and now probably listening to him driving home. But, you know, we're just trying to do some, you know, different things with the podcast, reaching out to various people, the Karen Karen thing. We just kind of fell into, you know, reached out and she agreed to do it. And it's kind of like, Hey, let's, let's see who else might agree to do it and reached out to Dola White and he responded. And I think that's kind of what we're going to, we're going to try to keep doing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would be the plan. Yeah. Um, working on the improvement of sound of the yeah. podcast. Yeah. And um, trying to get some um, semi-famous yeah. guests. Yeah. People that, you know, people that um, you like to see on social media with their videos or, you know, like with Double White, you know, he's I. It's Dolo White. Yeah, it's Dolo White. You know what I mean? So, you know, but yeah, like I said, and, you know, like I said, especially after the, you know, the, you know, Karen, it was kind of like, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? The worst that's going to happen is they, you know, either say no or just don't respond to you. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, you got got nothing to lose. I mean, hell, hell might, you know, Obama's got an Instagram and a Twitter. Hell, you know, shoot him a D, you know, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he wasn't on the podcast last week, and if he don't answer, he just won't be on next week. And then he ain't go, you know, be a major blow. All right. You know, so. Because you imagine. Right. I have questions. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely have questions. Uh, I wouldn't be able to ask them. You would have to ask them for me, but I have questions. Okay. <laughs> Cause it would just come out as and he would be like, "Are you okay? Did Are you, you having a stroke? Did you just have a stroke <laughs> on, on on the podcast?" And at that point, I would just have to say, "Yeah, I'm walk away." <laughs> yeah, and of course, walking away would prove that you did not, in fact, have the stroke. Well, he wouldn't be able to see me walk away. True story. True story. But you would say you would respond. <laughs> so I think, are you having a stroke? If somebody says, yeah, they're, you know, probably not. Mm, true. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of how that goes. You know, I, that's why I don't think I've ever had an express interest in meeting celebrities, to be honest with you, because I would be that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would cry and they would be like, what is wrong with her? And you feel bad forever. Yeah. Like I would never, it would haunt me for the rest yeah. of my life at 3 a.m. Yeah. And just laying there staring at the ceiling. Like, or every time you saw them, ah. every time you saw them on TV or something, like in a movie, you'd be like, I had a chance to speak to them and I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I spoke. <laughs> no, then you didn't. They, they weren't words. Sounds came out of my mouth. But <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the kind of person I would be. That's why I don't think I've ever had a large desirable amount to really meet somebody. Yeah. Quote unquote semi-famous or famous, whatever. Yeah. You know, because I'm just one of those blubbering idiots like that. Like it just wouldn't go well for me. Yeah. You know, I've not had a lot of encounters with famous people. The closest that I had to having a real encounter 
with a famous person was I was 16 returning about to turn 16 right around in it was it was for my birthday um my mom took me and a friend of mine to Louisville well she didn't take us like it wasn't that wasn't why we went it was Derby weekend in Louisville and like we have family in Louisville and always go to Derby but this year in particular they were having like this two-night concert of you know headlined by DMX and uh the Nappy Roots was there and this was like in May this is like six months before the Nappy Roots like broke into the mainstream and so all these people there and one of the people there was Mr. C the slide man from you know did the Casper side and a good friend of mine uh Portia happened to be there too she's got family in Louisville they go and she was close enough to us at the concert that we were kind of hanging out and talking or whatever and Portia's a pretty girl noticeable in the crowd I guess some some of Mr. C's people Hey, we're walking around the crowd and grabbed her and was like, hey, come on stage and do the cha-cha slide. And she's like, no, 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 I can't, you know. We're like, go, 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 do it, it'll be fun. No, 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 no. So she doesn't go. So they get all these people on stage and, you know, they do the cha-cha slide because that's the only fucking song he's got. That's, you you got to make it a gimmick. Let's grab people and bring them on stage. And after he's done, he's like, hey, everybody on stage, we go go backstage and hang out with DMX and everybody that's backstage. And we just looked at her like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Because there's like, go grab a couple of your friends and stuff, and like we could. Because be... she would have got up there and forgot to do how to do the cha cha slide. <laughs> well, they didn't say the people that did the cha cha slide well <laughs> was coming backstage. They said everybody on stage, go grab one or two of your friends. It's the same concept of meeting somebody famous <laughs> and not being able to speak. You know, it's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, not to mention you're in a crowd of you know how many people? Yeah, it's a large crowd of people. So yeah, I mean. I understand it, you know what I mean? But it's just one of those things, you know, I like to pick on her about, like, hey, you remember that time we, we party with DMX? No, you don't, because we didn't. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to do. Well, it's kind of what I do, though. It's all, it's all in love. It's all in good fun. I will agree it's all in good fun for you. Yeah. It ain't in love. It is. No, it's not. I disagree. Agree to disagree. Okay. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Who am I mean to? Me. Who else am I mean to? Bridget. Think, but think about Gabriel, the, pe- the people. Shelly. Think about the people that I'm mean to. Anybody that you talk to, really. Yeah, but they're all my friends. Everybody's your friend? Because I said you talk stupid to some people that weren't. Even acquaintances. I don't know if I talked to who did I talk to that stupid that wasn't an acquaintance. You talked stupid to that girl in Rick's front yard that night. She probably did something stupid. Well she did. But you mean to everybody. You didn't have to tell her how stupid she was, but she did. Oh, I, I I didn't I didn't even get to tell her. You you wouldn't let me tell her. No, because I tried to trust you and it didn't work. Well, you know. But that's why I can get away with saying those things to people I don't like because I always pick on people. You know, we have a we, you know, we have a, you know, mutual, you know, friend or acquaintance or, you know, that, you know, I said something, you know, picking on her one day and she was mortified. 
she thought I'd like, what did I do to him? Why, why, why doesn't he like me? Why? And it's like, what happened? Like he said such and such. Oh no, he was literally just playing with you. But we've talked about this. Your facial expressions don't change, and neither does your tone. So who the fuck knows that you're joking? <laughs> Only the people that know you. So when you do it to acquaintances or people that just kind of were happen to be around in a large crowd, they're like, "Well, fuck him too." <laughs> like what the fuck? Which is why a lot of times I'm kind of quiet when I first meet people because I know that hey, you know, people, I'm, I might rub somebody the wrong way. I don't want. Might. Some people, some people can take it. Some people jab, and you, you know, you jab them, they jab right back, and you never miss a beat. And some people are concerned, like, oh my god, yeah, I've upset him. He doesn't. I don't want him to be mad at me, and they'll worry about it for months. And you know, and I'm like, what did I do? You don't remember that night? And I'm like, no. When you said that thing to me, not at all. No idea what you're talking about. And that's all fine and well with you, but you know, those people are laying awake at night trying to figure things like that out <laughs> just because you have to be that guy. There's always got to be that guy. Okay, well. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we're, we're going to, you know, keep having fun with the podcast, keep trying to grow some things in, uh, the dub club is I think that's what you put on Snapchat. Uh, I'm working on I'm working on a cool little graphic that I want to get put together. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I've told the girls about the idea and they like it. I think it'll think it'll be nifty. It'll be spiffy to look on it'll look spiffy on the interwebs. You wanna put it on the online? I'm gonna put it on the line. You're gonna put it on the line. On the line, yeah. It will be on the line if I can get it done. Okay. But, you know, like I said, we just wanted to kind of check in, touch base with you. Uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, hope you enjoyed the interview with Dola White. Hope you continue to listen. Uh, if you if by chance you are listening and last week was your first time listening, please do not hold the sound quality against us. That is that's not our that's not our normal way of doing things the show sounds much better than that on a regular basis it's just we had four people at one point using a speakerphone yeah so we all sounded like we were in a hole and like i said it's just not the way we things were not great yeah the producer of the show is not happy at all yeah i mean it, it was not like i said it was not the best quality sound wise but it was still a fun time still good content people seem to have enjoyed it but uh Brittany uh, then got to work after she sat down and listened to it. It was like, we can't do this no more. And I, we figured out how to do uh, episodes with multiple remote guests if the need so should arise. And next time we do it, it'll sound better. Mm -hmm. uh, it, won't, it, won't be, it won't be for a little while because we got to get some things together and get things in place. I think a GoFundMe for the Dub Club is a good idea. Yeah, you know, we're... You know, we're discussing starting a, a GoFundMe or maybe even a, a Patreon. Or I, I, you know, I was hearing the other day like GoFundMe keeps like a percentage of the money that you make. Yeah, I think so. I think that's how they. And I'm like, eh. I think that's how they keep their shit operational. But there's other like websites that you can use that don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we if you know if it grows, if the podcast were to grow to a certain point, uh, Patreon is an option. This is sort of like a VIP member type deal where it's like you pay a certain percentage a month and you can like 
people do different things. You get like the episodes a couple of days earlier, you know, extra, you know, footage or such behind the scenes scenes type stuff that's available. Um, There's actually an option on anchor where you can subscribe monthly if you wanted to just to donate money. Uh, I might, you know, go ahead and I might activate that and be like, Hey, if you want to send me two, $3 a month and (laughs) help us, you know, get some things going. Hey, every little bit helps. Mm -hmm. Pennies add up to dollars, people. But, uh, that's all we got. We're going to, uh, we're going to shut it down for the evening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you continue to listen. Uh, look us up uh, anywhere you want to on social media. Drinks with Dove. Search it. You'll find it. And uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, search The Open Bar. It's a fun little group to post memes and talk shit. And uh, I don't, it's safe place to word. I don't no. Know, I don't think safe place is the no, right word. No, because that is not... It is not a safe space. Like, but it's for people that don't want a safe space, though. Yeah. So what do you what do you call that? Like, it's non PC. Yeah, it's not non PC. We there's we are in charge of the content in the open bar, and nine point nine. You're gonna have to be extremely graphic for us yeah. to be like, oh, okay, that's enough. Yeah. As long as it's not you know extremely hateful, you know, like some sort of hate speech or anything like that. We're, we're not going to have a problem with it. So come hang out with us, post some memes. Um, we're going to keep doing what we're doing and try to do it better. And uh, if that's all we got, anything else you want to leave the people with? Nope. Nope. Uh, that's it. So we'll be back next week with a new episode of some sort. We don't know what that will be, but it will be something. And we'll see you then. And like I always tell you, if you knew better, you do better. You do better. Peace.